Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23, and Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. The show is at Locked On Socks on Twitter, on Instagram. And thank you for making Locked On Socks your first listen every morning. Locked On Socks is free and available on all platforms, including Locked On Socks on YouTube. If you want to leave us a voice message, 312-566-8727 or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com for your emails. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing all right. You know, I uh, spent most of my evening trying to track down uh, Christmas gifts today for my daughter, who uh, we just had a report card pickup today, so I was feeling uh, in a very generous mood. But uh, shout out to all the parents out there. I think it's going to be a, a rough Christmas season in terms of uh, procuring gifts for your kids because of the su- supply chain issues. Uh, it's a rough go out there. If you if you if you know a kid that it needs things and wants things, good luck finding those things. Uh, you better do your shopping early. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but I'm doing well because we got some good news today, Herbie, uh, in regards to the show. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we won't make it too much about this, but uh, after we dropped yesterday's show. We surpassed 500,000 downloads in 2021 for Locked On White Sox, man. And it just, I don't even know what to say other than thank you to our listeners. Thank you to you. Uh, it's been a successful year for the show. And I expect uh, bigger and better things to come for the two of us in 2022. And uh, it's just uh, overwhelming me, overwhelmingly right now, just think of the words to try to figure out. You know, basically, just to say thank you to you to the listeners, everyone who subscribes, who shares, uh, all that stuff, everyone who in- interacts, and we'll get to the mailbag in a little bit here. Everyone who reaches out to the show, it's just a, it's a great accomplishment, and it's it's it wasn't an easy one, um, but I just I'm floored nonetheless, and uh, it's a pretty good day when you look back at all the shows we've done this year and the fact that the shows resonated with so many people. Um, it's it's quite an accomplishment, and I'm very proud of it. Yeah, and I want to echo echo those sentiments that you say about the people who listen to this show. Tell their friends, hey, man, these guys should listen to this. That stuff is awesome. Like 500,000 downloads this year alone is like mind blowing. That's a testament to you guys. You know, we have good content. I understand that, but it doesn't just stop there. It takes for you to listen daily like the people who wake up and have this part of their routine. I say that whole spiel at the beginning and into the uh, podcast, but it's real. Like you guys make this like appointment. You look forward to it. You miss it when it's not there. So we really appreciate you guys and how you've been there for us. Like we, we just speak to each other. We're friends. So if no one listened, it'll been all good. We do that at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like people just, Send us messages, man. Tanny Herb, love it. Like emails that we don't read. Like there's a lot of them that we don't like get on the air that are just like, hey, 
man, I love what you guys do. Keep it up. It's you know comforting to go to work and listen to you guys or just on my commute. It's awesome. So thank you to you guys for making us your appointment radio appointment podcast in the morning or whenever you listen to it. Absolutely. And we don't do a whole lot of promotion on social media in terms of growing the show. We could certainly do more. You and I have pretty decent social media followings. We've got a pretty good reach, but we're not incredibly active in terms of like we don't hammer the show every day, all day. You know what I mean? So like this show really took off because of, like you said, you know, word of mouth from White Sox fans and like the just the the way the show kind of bubbled and and you know you started the show when it was nothing like there was no white locked on a white sock show when you started the show and you built it up and then I jumped on a board and the listeners and the team success really helped out a lot in that regard mm-hmm. so but again it's a, it's a testament to you white sox fans man don't let anyone tell you guys that white sox fans have a, a small piece of the pie man when you're talking I've mentioned it on the show a lot of times before but in terms of the the digital space White Sox fans are omnipresent and they are passionate and they're active and they consume a, a lot. Like, you know, it's not just us out here. It's, you know, it's Sox Machine. It's, you know, White Sox Talk Podcast. You know, it's it's a lot of different folks out here that are doing Sox shows that do a really good job. And I know a lot of people that listen to all the shows. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, everyone who's, you know, doing White Sox content, uh, it's been a really good year and uh, we are no uh, exception to that rule. I'm just uh, really proud of the work that we've done. But there is more work to be done with this team here, Herb. And uh, mm-hmm. just uh, real quick, Cy Young Award winner was announced yesterday. Robbie Ray, uh, no surprise there, comes away with his first Cy Young Award, and he's a free agent. That's a, a pretty rare uh, occurrence to happen where a guy wins a Cy Young and he becomes a free agent. I have not heard many teams linked to him just yet, but I would imagine that's because, you know, uh, the price of the brick just went up, and the uh, the price of the tight pants just went up. Uh, if you're in the Robbie Ray business, so I think that uh, that that will add an extra layer to this. But I should mention, uh, White Sox had a pretty decent uh, share here of the uh, top finishers. Lance Lynn finishes third, Rodon finishes fifth, Liam Hendricks finishes eighth, and Lucas Giolito was eleventh. And I don't know if you knew this, uh, Herbie, uh, about Lucas Giolito. I've got a fun fact for you here. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, 2018. Lucas Giolito, worst pitcher in baseball. And uh, for him to come uh, as far as he's come here and, and he finish 11th in the Cy Young is quite an accomplishment. Uh, but this is from Matt Spiegel's Twitter. We were trying to brainstorm during the show yesterday and to see what are the comps for a team having this many finishers uh, in the Cy Young Award race. Um, and he did the research, and we were all trying to, you know, just anecdotally trying to remember great pitching staffs who had, you know, solid members of the staff with a, with a solid closer in recent memory were just spitballing, you know, uh, open mouth say things, moving the meter on the radio, and we eventually found, he found, uh, that prior to 2021, Matt Spiegel says, the 2011 San Francisco Giants were the last team to have four pitchers in the top 11 of Cy Young voting. Mm. Do you, how many of those guys can you name, Herb? There's, there's you know, a couple of are obvious, but the other two maybe not so much. All right, 2011. Giants. <laughs> Um, Tim Limsicum. Yep. I don't want to say him. Um, <laughs> let's see. Barry Zito. No, no, not Barry uh, Zito. Damn, he wasn't good at, he wasn't good there. Um, fudge. I'm uh, Rob Nin. Uh, no, I think you're about, uh, you're about 15 years off on Rob Nin. <laughs> I, uh, I but just th- don't know 2011 think, 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 of a, think of a guy who has the reputation of being one of those postseason clutch pitchers. And also, 
pretty decent hitter, pretty decent hitter in his book. Like a lot of people will say he's the reason why you shouldn't have the DH because he was so good. Oh, <laughs> that jerk. I should have known that. Madison Bumgarner. Yes, although I'm trying to remember his uh, his rodeo alter ego. I don't know where he placed on the Cy Young Award. <laughs> I can't remember. Was- <laughs> Madison Bumgarner's bull riding alias, by the way, Mason Saunders. Mason Saunders, I'll tell you what. He was the best cold weather left-handed bull rider I ever saw. I mean, I know that Jake Meiser wasn't good at that time, but I was thinking, was he on that team? I know he wasn't I good. Think it was he wasn't with, qualified. I'm trying to remember if he was with the Red Sox. Red no, Sox. No, at that no, time? he was with the Red Sox after that. I think. I think he was with the Red Sox in 13. Yeah, Jake Meiser was not there, so it's Lincecum, Bumgarner, and if you're done, I'll just tell you the other two. Yeah. One of them, you'll be like, ah, damn, I forgot how good that guy was. Matt Cain. You got it, Matt Cain. Damn it, yes. And the other guy, there's no way in hell that you would have remembered. Wait, um, <laughs> Drissimer Despagne. No, no, he finished 12th that year in the Cy Young. So, no, uh, Ryan Vogelsong. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so we would have been here all night, uh, but we could have made a whole show out of it, <laughs> just guessing <laughs> Giants pitcher's name. So the White Sox, it's it's pretty, it's it's awesome, but it's kind of disappointing that that was their calling card all year, and here we go, we're back to it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really let them down in the postseason, and you never really saw Liam Hendricks uh, that often, uh, you know, in, in any of those games. You only saw him once in a, in a big spot there in the postseason, but you know, it, I guess it's a testament to. What a terrific season it was for the pitching staff. It was their calling card all year. Great starting pitching. And then, of course, Hendricks in there as well. But, you know, just uh, it's it sucks that usually if you see a thing like that, a stat like that, four guys in the top 11, you'd be like, oh, okay, they must have won the World Series. But, nope, didn't even get out of the first round. It's frustrating, but still it's quite an accomplishment uh, for uh, for all these guys, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very shocked and amazed that the White Sox up for another year with three guys at least in the top. As last year, you had uh, Keiko have a great year, Lucas Giolito, because in 2018, he was the worst pitcher in baseball. I don't know if you Lucas knew that, Giolito, Worst pitcher in baseball. He was, yeah. And to have guys in the top, to have guys in the top 11 for the top 11, it's a huge accomplishment. And yes, the playoff fizzle out is bad. But we need to show appreciation for the great regular season that these guys did have. So it's disappointing it didn't end up in some more uh, playoff games or some actual good performances by any of those guys except for Liam Hendricks. But I I, I have faith that that's not a thing that you're going to repeat. I have faith that Lance Lynn had a bad game and the matchup might have been horrible for him and he'll be back next year and I'll give that Haas the ball in game one next year even if it is versus the damn Astros he's our ace give him the ball again so I'm very heartened at the White Sox and did we even say that Lucas Giolito the worst pitcher in baseball was in there yeah, 11th, yeah. Uh, he finished yeah. 11th, so you know that's pretty damn good. I'm going to go out and say this right now, folks. Friends, I'm going to say this right now. Ed used to say that. You want to talk about another thing of farmers that we say in everyday life. Friends, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, I think Dylan Cease will be in that top 10 next year as well. Ooh. So. Wow! Uh, yeah. Look at you. Yeah, come on, man. You know, I, you know, it's that was the time when no one will remember it. <laughs> November eighteenth. This is what I'm going to say. November eighteenth. Doing seats. Top ten. That's amazing. Uh, hey, man. But I it, can but, see the progression. Yeah, I can, we've was, talked yeah. about it. We, I can see the progression. But top ten. That's yeah. That's man. If he's the top in the top ten next year, whew, 
Yeah, but the thing is, you may lose. You know, you may lose Rodon, so it end up maybe maybe in a wash uh, at the end of the day. But if you get a guy like that taking a step, that would certainly help things. But I mean, and then you still got everybody else back there. They're in that same category, so you just replace a younger guy from the right-handed side who's got years to continue to be in the top ten. So. I'll take that trade off. Yeah, I mean it's not the boldest of statements. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I mean top ten. I mean you think about Giolito when you know you know he didn't have a great year and he finished 11th. So saying C's could be in the top ten, I don't think that's too far of a stretch. But uh, hey, I got faith in the kid. But a free agent target off the board today will get Herb's reaction to why he didn't want him to begin with next year on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Taking a look at the early lines for the Bears and Ravens this Sunday afternoon on the lakefront. Right now, the Bears opening at six and a half point dogs to Baltimore at home. It's a pretty big number. Maybe you like that. Maybe you think it's too much. Maybe you think it's not enough. Head over to Bet Online and make your play. Right now, the over under sitting at 45 and a half. If you head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball futures, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Uh, you mentioned the Astros. Uh, they got a little bit better today, I think, uh, as Justin Verlander, uh, he rejects the qualifying offer of $18.4 million, so many people believe that he'd be moving on. And then a tweet from Bob Nightingale came out earlier <laughs> yesterday. It said, the White Sox, who plan to be aggressive this winter, all right, I'm digging that, uh, are showing strong interest in free agent Justin Verlander. Plenty of steep competition for the future Hall of Famer with the Astros still trying to bring him back, and ultimately that's what happens. Uh, ben Verlander, friend of the show, uh, ends up breaking the story on Twitter. Uh, it was a two-year deal. It's a one-year with a player option, $25 million a year, and uh, Astros do, do get a little bit better there, Herbie, but the the my takeaway from this here is White Sox Twitter. Ho oh. ho! Oh, what the fuck is up, White Sox Twitter? Uh, you were right out there at the forefront of saying, you know what, this former Cy Young Award winner, nah, I'm good on that. I don't want that on my team. Uh, you were not in on the Justin Verlander uh train as it was uh, as it was uh, coming towards the south side were you you were you were not a fan of, of the white Sox making this move tell us why it's just the man hasn't pitched in multiple years like he pitched well in 2019 he won the cy young at his 36 year old he missed most of 2020 the shortened season he missed most of it and he missed all of 2021 he's not getting younger he'll be 39 next year i was like okay if we're gonna be doing this and paying premium prices and going through a bidding war with other teams who want them, like the Astros, like the Dodgers, I wouldn't do it for him. I would do it for somebody who's more closer to their prime years. So Robbie Ray, even a guy last year and well, Max Scherzer, okay, here's we're going to go for an older guy. Here's what we're going to do here. Okay, so I'm, I have a list of the names of guys that are still available, and you, and you'll tell me if uh, if. Verlander is a worse option than any of these guys. I know it's very complicated here. So basically, mm-hmm. you tell me, I'll give you a name, and you say yes, a better option than Verlander. Okay. Okay. These are guys still left on the board. Robbie Ray. Yes, and notice that I'm saying that 
two years removed from the game, 39-year-old Verlander, yeah. not premium prime 36 or Detroit Verlander. Max Scherzer. Yes. Kevin Gaussman. Yes, because he pitched. You know you're going to get at least 175 from him. I don't know if I'm getting that from Verlander. Marcus Stroman. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Um, Clayton Kershaw. I don't know what I'm getting from Clayton. No. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Eduardo Rodriguez and, and Noah Syndergaard off the table. They signed. Neither the two. Yeah. They, so, yeah. So, they, they're off the table. We didn't get to talk about that this week. So, those, those guys are gone. And then, notably, on this list here, Carlos Rodon. Yes, because he pitched last year. Yep, and he's he's closer to he's in his prime. So yes, one hundred percent. I would agree. You know, I, I would say though, if the Sox did make this move, I wouldn't hate it. You know, but part of me would feel like it would be settling for a quote. I mean, this is not an easy choice, an easy signing, but I think it would be settling for a name as opposed to doing your homework and getting down there in the dirt and trying to get into long term negotiations with someone who could be here for the duration of, of this World Series window. Like, two years of Verlander, I'm not so sure, man. Like, I'm really mm-hmm. – I'm not sure about year one, and you're talking about two years. Like, no, I don't love that because that does kind of, I think, um, handcuff you in year two if you're really trying to add on. And let's say you make it to the ALCS next year and you really need to do, make one move to push it over the top, but you got Justin Verlander making all the money in the world and you can't, quote-unquote, afford to make the move. So I don't love it in that regard. But I also would not have uh, hated it. I think it would have been a you know a scared money doesn't make none scenario. Like I mm-hmm. think if they would have just you know put their chips in the middle of the table and said, you know what, let's do it. We're all in on Verlander for one year. We think he's still got it. We think the arm is rested enough where we can we can get at least one year out of him. I wouldn't have hated that, but at the same time, you know, I hate to talk both sides of my mouth here, but uh, you know, I'm I'm not like relieved that they didn't make the move, but I, I'm fine with them not not bringing him uh, to the White Sox. You know, there's still plenty of good options left on the table, especially if it means bringing Rodon back for uh, more years. At, at less money, I, I think I, I'm in favor of that as opposed to bringing in Justin Verlander. And also, you mentioned Tommy John not pitching. We don't know how he's going to you know, come back with the sticky stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I don't know if he was one of those guys. I didn't look at his spin rates, but anyone who's in that Astros jersey, you know, you saw Garrett Cole have his issues, and they were all there together, you know, uh, f- figuring that stuff out, dominating uh, in that staff there. So you don't know what type of pitcher he's going to be. And also, just from a pure – stamina standpoint when you're talking about guys coming off Tommy John you saw what happened to Carlos Rodon you have to be really cautious the way you manage those innings and you know the Astros will know what they're getting into but just the White Sox are not on solid enough ground I don't think where they'd be able to manage a guy like that who you're already worried about Kopech so now you're worried about another guy who's coming off Tommy John who's older so you really have to like sort of I don't want to say coddle but you have to manage him carefully the entire season and you need guys that can eat innings man and to your point you need guys who take the ball every five days and you know what you're going to get from them. So that's another reason. Like This this has red flags all over it, but at the same time, I could see it working for one season for Houston. And uh, your, yeah. guy, your guys at Locked on Astros are very happy about it. You know, <laughs> uh, Good things happen to good people and Astros fans, so I think we could all just be really happy for the Houston Astros today. Huh? Am I right, folks? No? And uh, I was thinking also that you're going to have a question mark in the rotation next year. That's 100% Michael Kopech. You don't know what you're getting from him. You don't know if Michael Kopech is going to be treated like Dylan Cease was treated this year. Hey, here's the ball. Go out and throw 30. 
or they're going to handle and proceed with caution with him and say, okay, you're still a couple years away from Tommy John didn't start all last year or spot started last year. This is your first real full season of starting. So we'll gear you up to like one thirty. So you already have that on the rotation. You don't need another person where you've got to say, what am I going to get from Justin Verlander? 39 years old, coming off two years of not pitching and a Tommy John. That's another question mark. A team in a championship window shouldn't be thinking like that. Now, Houston, they've had him in the building. They know what he can do. They've had him rehab with them. They know his medicals. They know if he's going to be good enough for them. So God bless. Enjoy. I hope he is the Justin Verlander of old. But for the White Sox, that was way too much of a risk, too much of a gamble to be paying premium money for Justin Verlander. With Carlos Rodon last year, it was a lower risk, higher reward. And he worked out. And if we do that again for more of $20 million, I would still be fine with that more than Justin Verlander. I'll tell you about a tweet that scared the shit out of me next year on Locked on White Sox. Just quickly here on the way out, since it is Bob Nightingale season, um, <laughs> I, uh, I this was White brought- Sox out here. <laughs> yeah, uh, someone brought this to my attention the other day on Twitter, and I thought it was real. Um, just the way it was worded, I didn't look at the the Twitter user handle. I didn't look at the photo. Uh, I, I just looked at the number of times it was retweeted and liked, and it looked real because of the content of the tweet. And this is from at B Nightingale on Twitter. Uh, the name is not Bob Nightingale. Uh, sources. Oh, Hashed- <laughs> Hashtag White Sox have met with representatives for outfielder Avisail Garcia, Uh. shortstop Marcus Simeon, and outfielder Adam Eaton, and have had trade talks regarding starting pitcher Chris Bassett. It's shaping up to be a winner of reunion on the South Side. And I saw that tweet that someone sent to me, and I just saw the names in it. I saw Simeon, Mm -hmm. and we had just talked about Marcus Simeon the day before, and I saw the way it was worded. And whoever runs this Not Bob Nightingale account, that is chef's kiss perfect because it got me to the point where I read it over and over again. I didn't share it, but I was just like, no. It felt (laughs) it was so meta. It felt like it was so absurd, yet because of its absurdity, it felt like it was totally something the White Sox would float out there, uh, especially with the Avi thing, with the you know, right fielder, it's like looking to the corner of the market there. And you know the, the Eaton thing may have been you know uh, something to throw you off the scent a little bit, but the Bassett thing, we, I felt like we had heard rumors about Chris Bassett a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. So uh, chef's kiss to at not Bob Nightingale. It's, it's you laugh. As Jason says, you know the same stuff that makes you laugh makes you cry. You know that's uh, it, that's that was right there for me, and people were blaming me about that because I think our guy Bruce Levine retweeted it, not yes. know, not knowing it was uh, it was <laughs> parody, or maybe he didn't know it was parody and he thought it was funny. But uh, yeah, that that's where we're at with it's Bob Nightingale season. So everyone, be careful out there. A lot of bad info, a lot of fake Twitter stuff. Uh, you know, I, I would even say. Be careful on who you're listening to because anyone can break a story uh, on Twitter these days. It really doesn't matter. But just also just be careful what you share. And that goes not only for hot stove season, but also just life in general. If you're going to share something, make sure you, you know what's behind it, who what the intentions are of the people. Make sure you're not spreading misinformation out there. No matter what part of the uh, side of the aisle you're on, it's bad for business. Don't be doing that. But I thought that was really good. 
Right, that does it for us today here on Locked on White Sox. We thank you for listening each and every day. We appreciate you. And thank you once again, everyone, for helping us surpass the 500,000 downloads in 2021. Quite an accomplishment that we owe all to you guys. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to take a little bit of a departure. We'll do something we normally don't do. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. There's a White Sox great that's in the news, and he's going to be on this Hall of Fame ballot for the Golden Era Committee here, and we're going to talk about his candidacy. That's, of course, Minnie Minoso. We're going to talk about that, what the Hall of Fame means to Herb and I, and whether or not we think Minnie will get in. That's on tomorrow's Locked on White Sox. So for my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. Thank you for listening to Locked on White Sox.